Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see how they hold up today. A hundred years from when they were first released. No, no, not this, not this movie. No, all we watch is old movies. <laughs> well, I think we have like a cutoff around ten years. Yeah, you know, I think that's a respectable distance to look back on something. That's that's fair. It's like you know, like an anniversary. You have to get like something pretty sweet exactly. for a ten year anniversary. This is right? like the paper anniversary. Is this the paper anniversary? It's the podcast anniversary. <laughs> I think we're at like eight years or something. With anyway, yeah, this is this is a ten year old movie. Yeah, but before really we get into that, yeah. first of all, we want to thank our patreons. Those are the people who give us money. They do. It's like one, three, five dollars a month. Yeah, and you help us do the podcast, keep it going, and we give you the podcast early. We mm. also give you sweet bonus content. Yeah, we're doing a, a full bonus episode each month. That's right. Last mm. month it was weekend at Bernie's. What will it be next month? We don't know yet. No, we don't decide things to the last minute. <laughs> yeah, we're really we're really procrastinating on this. Yeah, but it will still be quality content. But we do we do know about about one thing that we're doing, which is Cable Guy. Yeah, Coming that's up right. on August 29th at 7 p.m. at the Royal in Toronto. Yeah. So you should come out and you should see that. You should, because it's one of those movies that was really underappreciated at the time. Oh, it was reviled at the time. Yeah, because, you know, Jim Carrey was so beloved for talking out of his ass. <laughs> right. And in this, he didn't do that. Yeah, he talked out of his mouth in this, and people were like, what? Well, you know, that's it's confusing stupid. for people. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to rewatch it, and hopefully, like, we'll be able to appreciate some of the elements that perhaps were not appreciated mm-hmm. whenever it was released. Exactly. Ten years ago, I guess. Yeah, it was, it was way more than ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. But today, we have a movie that is... 
almost exactly 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about it. I, I thought there was actually like a few reasons to talk about this movie. And this movie is? Pineapple Express. Yeah. Not to be confused with the pot of the same name. No, this is about the weather pattern right. in the Pacific Northeast, Northwest, right. yeah, whichever yeah. one it is. That, that allows uh, Vancouver to be so, so warm. Yeah, it's really nice. It is nice. Thank you, Pineapple Express. No, we are talking about the movie, the Seth Rogen, James Franco starring movie. Yeah, Judd uh, Apatow written, produced. I, I don't know. They all just sort of come together, probably do a whole bunch of drugs, and then <laughs> somehow a movie gets made. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is the end all the time for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, Blaine, when was the first time that you saw Pineapple Express? I saw it in theaters, and I I saw it with my girlfriend at the time, and I, I remember her liking it, and I was just like, I don't, I don't like it that much. Now, can I ask you a very important question? Yeah. Did you get baked before it? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't then. Oh, Blaine. I didn't upon first watching it. Okay. So you decided that you didn't want to go into this movie prepared to like it. <laughs> you to, you were the, prejudiced you have, against it. You have to warm up with a lighter. Yeah, no, I I didn't. I didn't do that. But I didn't really like Seth Rogen at the time. Right. And so... Now you love him. <laughs> now I think he's a stand-up guy, you know, and all that charity. I don't know if he's done charity work. Oh, yeah, he has. He, yeah. Yeah, he's done charity work. Every um, celebrity does charity. <laughs> You have to for your taxes. Yeah, yeah. So you can afford more pot. Yeah. And so I didn't. I didn't like it at the time. But cannabis I, for kids. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. That's not rewatchabilities no? charity. We we won't do it. What have I been handing out? <laughs> you've been handing out sentences to yourself in the future. I think is what you've been doing. Yeah. So I I remember thinking like it was kind of violent. And it was like a little too violent for me. Right. Near the end. You're a sensitive soul, Blaine. I, I was I was very sensitive at the time. Guys, why can't we just use our words? <laughs> just explain things to each other. Come on. Seth, talk to the drug dealer. <laughs> and so I didn't love it. I love I remember loving the beginning scene in this movie a lot. But I thought it was from a completely different movie. So watching this movie, I was like, oh, this is from this movie with uh, with Bill Hader at the beginning. Right. It's very funny. Oh, well, when was the first time you saw this movie? I think I saw it one day when I was maybe sick. I feel like I had it like pirated off the internet and burned onto like oh, a no. DVD. Oh God! Wow. Yeah, ten just years admitting, ago, like all the criminality <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah, you had physical evidence, and I believe that I watched it while I was sick, and I found myself enjoying it. <laughs> Did you have like one of those big like binders with sleeves of, yeah, of DVDs that for were burned? Sure. All like the she's all that. The sh- <laughs> that was right beside this she's movie. She's still all that. That's there was a sequel. I didn't know that- she's all that again. <laughs> that can't be a sequel. I, a lot I of had them a- were, I think, foreign bootlegs. Yeah, I, I had a, I had the similar similar binder yeah. in university. It was like two hundred DVDs. And what did you just- do to, with that? Like, did you just like leave it out on the curb one day, like think, for somebody? Yeah, like, as soon as Netflix came around, you're like, why do I have all of this? Oh, my friends, <laughs> be free. <laughs> but you liked it. You liked it. You yeah. were sick. It was the it was a salve to your to your wound. And like. I never thought that any of the Seth Rogen, Judd Apatow movies were the pinnacle of high art or anything. Mm -hmm. But I think that generally they sort of have like enough of a feel for like real people and Mm -hmm. they are like funny movies and they do like sort of 
display the sort of like juvenile and obscene part of our culture in like a really delightful way. So that part is all enjoyable for me, even if it's not like my favorite movie of all time. Like I haven't watched this since then. Right. Yeah, and me you know, neither. The subtext of this is that this is a movie which may condone marijuana use. May. Yeah, I think it's heavily influenced by marijuana. And I don't want to say whether or not I'm a marijuana user because I probably have on all the other episodes. I think every single one. Everyone we mentioned Die Hard on, <laughs> we mentioned that, that you smoke pot too. Really? Why? I don't know. I'm just, that's I'm just, just saying that's, that's just the connection. That's probably how many times we've said it on the podcast. And of course, he's in Die Hard, and Rob is high right now. <laughs> right, just thanks, the, the follow up. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is that like the reason why I hesitate to say is because like it's going to be legal in Canada soon. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be fine here. But in the we have this problem where like people who have smoked marijuana or who admit to smoking marijuana yeah. or who have been like you know have convictions like unfair convictions or, or have participated in the marijuana industry in yeah, Canada yeah by, by like having marijuana stocks even yeah can be banned from the united states where marijuana is legal in some states i don't just get i it. think colorado and california but those are like the hippy dippy states the great states the great fucking states <laughs> oh man i love boulder i love berkeley all the bees yeah great. that's awesome have you have you been there have you been there and and, and smoked pot in those states I think in California. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, sweet. yeah, in the in the park in the you know national park or whatever. Oh, that's great. Right. Yeah. Anyway, but the point is, is that I mean, I can't remember. I'm I got stoned before we started recording. I'm sorry. That's going to be your way out of everything in this podcast. It's like, ah, sorry guys, I, I got stoned I, to watch know. this movie and yeah. I wanted though to find. The strain of Pineapple Express, because it wasn't a strain of weed when they made this movie, though, like, the mythology has stated down the line that it was a strain originally, Mm -hmm. and it was sort of an homage. Right. But But, that's not true. No. But since enterprising cannabis sellers... Pot dealers, yeah. (laughs) Go on. ...have christened a strain Pineapple Express. Right. That's nice. That's nice. A little homage to the movie. Yeah. Which is very nice. And and we should say that in Toronto, there are a lot of dispensaries. It's not legal yet, but no, like, the police aren't really enforcing it. Yeah. They do crack down on some dispensaries here and there, and then the lawyers just try to put the, push the court date past legalization. Yeah. 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 Um, wait, did we talk about when you saw the movie? Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> I got really baked before we started okay, recording. Okay, said that before. So I, I do participate in the dispensary culture in Toronto a little bit, and I wanted to, to kind of partake in the spirit of this movie. Oh. Uh, so I, d- I did smoke a little bit before watching this movie oh last my night. God. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't I, ever get to to I don't do it a lot. But do uh, you remember anything? Did you have like a freak out? <laughs> did no. drug dealers come after you? No, I'm like a one hit guy. I'm fine after that. Okay, uh, yeah. So I was I was fine. I, I liked the movie a lot. Okay, reason two that I thought this would be a great movie to talk about yeah. this week because this is obviously stars Seth Rogen. Yes. And currently there is a thing where Seth Rogen has become the voice of transit in Toronto and Vancouver. Now, in Vancouver it was originally because they had got Morgan Freeman to do it. And that was oh, no. the day before it dropped that Morgan Freeman was a pervert. Oh, God. And so all of a sudden, Morgan Freeman's sultry voice announcing the stops on the SkyTrain, it oh. seemed not appropriate. That's so fu- Like, imagine they just got like, they were like, yeah, I mean, we got Kevin Spacey. He's a big get. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll go with Morgan Freeman. He's safe. He's no. 
But so they scrubbed Morgan Freeman and Seth Rogen volunteered. <laughs> Trying to clean him up or something. As yeah. a Vancouver homeboy to right. do the voice of the yeah. Skytrain. Now, Toronto, never seeing an idea that they didn't want to claim as their own. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know it was part of Toronto's. Is it on the subway in Toronto right now? I believe it started. I haven't actually heard it. Okay. But I think other people have heard it. Seth Rogen announcing stops and telling you to take your backpack off. And uh, mm-hmm. if you're rolling joints in the subway, try not to like leave any on the seats. <laughs> right. Or if you do, then maybe leave another paper there so that they can yeah. roll a little one for themselves. Yeah. So this is this is kind of embarrassing. I, I don't like – I don't um... – I don't roll joints. I can't roll a joint. Okay, Blaine, this is really embarrassing. I can't roll a joint either. What? No, Rob, really? I smoke a pipe. Oh, wow. I mean, I may smoke a pipe. <laughs> America, NSA. I know everyone's listening. We're on so many lists. I can't go to the States anymore. But to learn at a party one time, I looked up on YouTube how to roll one. And Seth Rogen was the guy that had a video teaching how to do it. That's interesting. My go-to Canadian is Pierre Burton, the historian. Wait, wait. He teaches I, you how to, sm- how to roll a joint? Yeah, I think he, he did it on like This Hour is 22 Minutes or the Rick Mercer Report or something. Okay. And it's fucking – I mean he's taught us a lot about a lot of things. <laughs> but we should get into yeah. the movie Pineapple Express. Oh, mm-hmm. and the other reason, the third reason why I thought it would be a good movie to talk about after smoking a bunch of weed – because the director, David Gordon Green, yeah, I mean, this was his first stoner comedy sort of like big commercial mm. movie because he used to be an independent filmmaker. Yeah, George Washington was his first kind of big feature. Yeah, but great. now he has his next movie opening at uh, TIFF and it is Halloween produced by Danny McBride. Wait, a new Halloween movie produced by Danny McBride? That's weird. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's not... As weird as Rob Zombie, but nah, I feel like Rob Zombie is into like a horror person. You know, he like I is mean, in he that likes culture. Horror. Yeah, but at least Whereas Danny the... McBride's a filmmaker first. I mean, he's not like I guess you know he's into karate or something. I don't know. Like, wasn't his like his first film was like The Foot Fist Way or something like that? I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not an expert <laughs> Danny McBride historian. Do you like Danny McBride as like an actor? This is the thing. I don't know. I didn't know if I did, but in this movie, I thought he was really exceptional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, like, a way of, like, just making you care for him, even though he's a (laughs) dirtbag. Yeah, in this movie, but I find, like, in Eastbound and Down, he really doesn't. Like, watching that, I don't know. Anyway, the movie. We should get into the movie. It's a 10-year anniversary. Uh, Did you see all the tweets that Seth Rogen released? That's the fourth reason. (laughs) There's so many reasons. Because they were tweeting. I mean, that's how I knew it was the 10th anniversary. So I'm not like, I don't have this on my fucking calendar. (laughs) It doesn't come up for you? No. Like Google doesn't suggest? (laughs) Pineapple Express? I mean, that would be It's like you've searched Pineapple Express the strain so much, so it just comes up. You know, I'm not picky about the strain, but, uh, you know, it's a... Silver lemon haze for me. (laughs) (laughs) So I know what to get you for your birthday now. That's great. But so they tweeted out a bunch of like trivia, Mm -hmm. which I mean, that ruins part of our podcast anyway. Yeah. But. Well, James not here to give the to give the trivia. But if he were, he might say that like one of the people who was auditioned for the role of the drug dealer, which uh, um, what's his face played? Danny McBride? No, no, the like the the main drug dealer with the shooting. Oh, that guy, yeah, yeah, with the shooting was supposed to be Brian Cranston. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they were like, Brian Cranston can't play a convincing drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and of course, great. the speculation is that like if he had gotten the Pineapple Express role, then he wouldn't have done Breaking Bad because mm-hmm. it would have been like too similar. Yeah, exactly. And Which then is, what? And then we wouldn't have had Breaking Bad. And then we wouldn't have Better Call Saul. And then we wouldn't have and Blue there's a Crystal Meth. And there's a character named Saul in this movie. See, I think Pineapple Express, like a weed string being named after this movie, is nice. Whereas people actually cooking Blue Crystal Meth in homage of like Breaking Bad is just sad. Yeah. That really, that really taints Breaking Bad. Well, weed's not a drug. Wow. Come on. As much as like alcohol is a drug, I'd say, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's like ultra. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bring me down. Kill my buzz. All right. Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express. Let's get to it. The first scene is amazing. The first scene's great. Black I, and white scene. Bill Hader's in it. Yeah. He's so funny. It's like the first kind of experimental, they like cultivate the weed strain or whatever, and they're experimenting on, on uh, GIs. Yeah. They call it like item nine. Right. It's like yeah. an MK Ultra sort of experiment, which is a great strain of weed, by the way. <laughs> Okay, Private Miller. You've been smoking item 9 for 7 minutes and 13 seconds. We're going to ask you several questions. How do you feel? Uh, well, sir, uh... I feel like a... Like a slice of butter... Melting on top of a... Big old pile of flapjacks. Yeah. Okay, Private Miller. When you think of your superiors... What emotions do you feel? Okay, Private Miller. I like that it plays on the whole reefer madness genre of film. Definitely, yeah. You know. Yeah, but like, it's also weird that like the army would take weed and be like, it's an experimental thing we came up with, so we're going to test it on people. That's what it kind of seemed like when weed has been around for like so many. Maybe it was that particular strain. It oh, could have been yeah. the Pineapple Express was right. developed by the government to the government to, to stone the Russians. Oh man, you know? Yeah, and that's why we get chemtrails. Makes sense to me. <laughs> I think it follows the logic. Makes sense to my dad probably. <laughs> 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 Shed it to Rob's <laughs> But so fast forward to the future, the present. Seth Rogen, he plays this guy. I don't know his name. <laughs> I think it was stoner number one in yeah. the script. I think they, that was it. And his uh, job in this is like a process server. So yeah. he's always going in disguises and serving lawsuits to mm-hmm. all these people. And some of them are kind of ridiculous. Like he – I think he like serves this lawsuit to a doctor who's like preparing to go into surgery for like not moving his car or something. Yeah, I know. It seems really like that's a big distraction for someone who's saving a life. Like maybe get them on their coffee break. Yeah. Come yeah. on. But he's sort of a Seth Rogen type dude. He's sort of schlubby. <laughs> he's, he's really acting in this juvenile. Movie. Yeah. You know, he has a sort of deadbeat job. He has. You he know, should have won the Oscar for this performance. <laughs> I mean, it's just well, so far away from who he is. It, well, yeah, the real Seth Rogen is a very erudite and serious individual. Mm-hmm. He's like you know Christopher Guest. You know, <laughs> he's all serious. Sure, I, I think he's a baron. A b- <laughs> He's a baron? A baron, baron of Seth what? Baron Seth Rogen. A, of... Baron of Vancouver. Concou- Vancouver. Sorry, I got stoned before. <laughs> you can't keep on using that. Ex- yeah, he's just he's just a stoner. And, and and he's like calls into like these radio, this radio show. 
yeah. uh, to talk about it often, which you're like, oh, that might come back in the future. And yeah. it does in a pretty funny way, I think. I didn't even notice that at the beginning, yeah. but I guess, uh, you know, yeah. He he also has to drop in on his girlfriend. Yeah, you know, as you do when mm-hmm. you're an adult, you know, with your adult job, you just go to the high school and visit your girlfriend and make out during recess or oh, whatever they call God, it in high just, school. Just like, did Woody Allen write the script? Was he, <laughs> was he like, Manhattan was good, but... You need a really uh, underage protagonist, you know? Yeah. Somebody who you can impose your power upon and who has no real agency in the relationship. Or in the script. Yeah, I think it's... And it's played by by Amber Heard, and she's, she's pretty good in the role. She's if, great. If there's a role to... To be had there. Oh, so I mean, like this is like the hardest thing to get over for this movie because uh, <laughs> the is part of the movie for sure. Why? Uh, why? <laughs> and then I read on the IMDb trivia that in the original script, he wasn't dating a high school girl. He was dating an actual person. <laughs> Not, you know what I mean? It's just that, like, I mean, high school people are people. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's such a weird choice to make, and it really, on a second like, draft too. That's the, that's the weirdest part of that is that like people didn't write it in as like this. It wasn't like an artifact from an earlier draft where that like mattered at some point in the script. Yeah. Like she could have been any age above 19. She could have been in she, college maybe. Yeah, sure. You can just con- control R. <laughs> right. Exactly. High school. Just replace. Find replace. College. And you're fine. <laughs> and you're fine. And like Joe Trugli- 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 Judd Apatow like- already knows that trick because he did it for Freaks and Geeks and Undeclared. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Which is like some of the best Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Seth Rogen. I mean. Yeah. Don't it, get me. In those shows. He's great. Oh, he was so young and innocent. And yeah. like in Freaks and Geeks, he was like 15. He looked 30. <laughs> and. He's always looked how he's looked. It's so funny. He was just like a little, like a little boy. That's probably why he's a stoned. That's probably why he's a stoner. Because like at twelve, he could like get pot. Because someone was like, "Yeah, the the biker that I know, sell to him." It's like, no, he's a he's a thirteen year old kid. <laughs> yeah, he looks so old, and yeah, and he was kind of a sweetheart in those in those. Uh, yeah, well, it makes shows. it much creepier that he's dating a high school yeah, girl. It's not good. He and, looks like he's in his forties. <laughs> It's weird because people like try to like talk about Manhattan as if like, wow, that was like the age that people were in, like a little bit of free love left over from the sixth. And you're like, I don't think that excuses it. And here, this is yeah. just 10 years ago. This is 2008. Yeah. I mean, it's and the thing that like, like we knew better. The thing that I'm like, I was confused about whether or not they were going to call him out on it because you know yeah. what? Like, I believe the character of the schlubby stoner who is against all reason and logic dating a high school student. Yeah. We should state that, like, they state very clearly with the most cementious exposition, she is over 18. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like a a policeman. It is perfectly legal. (laughs) A policeman comes into the scene and is like, yeah, just making sure you're 18. All right, leaving the scene. Here is her driver's license. (laughs) Note the birth date. Note today's date. 18 like, years. Yeah, he has like a newspaper with him. Like, <laughs> that day's newspaper. Never mind, yeah. we started dating eight months ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it's what, I like the laugh, but when you do it, it makes <laughs> it creepy. Not the right time? No, it's the creepiest laugh then. Hey, people. Hi, Mr. Edwards. Can I help you? Uh, no, I'm good. Thank you, though. Yeah? I see you don't have a visitor's badge. That's why I ask. 
I'm uh, actually with her. Actually, my yeah. boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I heard that. I wish I didn't hear that, but I just heard that. What's that supposed to mean? I'm just wondering why、uh, you don't date a nice guy your own age. She's very mature for her age. Yeah. Hey, hey, how's it going? Hey, hey Clark, hey. how you doing, man? What's、yeah. up? I'm, I'm, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm good.、Uh, All right. <laughs> dude, I, I wanted to tell you, you were hilarious today in drama class. Seriously, your Jeff Goldblum impression made me pee my pants.、Uh, I wish. <laughs> oh, hey,、uh, I, I almost forgot. Last week when we worked out, you forgot your shorts in my car. Oh. Okay, and the other part. Okay, that, like w- this is a lot to get over. The other、yeah. part is that like fucking James Freaky Franco's in this movie, <laughs> and like at the time he was sort of like like him or hate him, but he、right. was a good. Perf- he's a good actor. Right. He didn't have Instagram yet. Yeah. Yeah. But since like we know about his like you know exploits with the、uh, underage、yeah. or you know. Technically, whatever it's、mm-hmm. fucking creepy, like that makes it so much harder to watch this movie. Yeah. Also, he was supposed to play that exactly. character. Exactly. That's what I was going to say.、Time. He was supposed to play that character. It's like we're just writing this for James. And then, and then James Franco was like, "Hey, Seth, you should play the main character." I wonder if he was like, "This is too close. <laughs> this is too close to my actual life." My high school girlfriend doesn't want me to play that role. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, he, yeah. I mean, f- before you know that, though, like I thought, because I hated James Franco in Spider Man so much, and then he played this one, and I was like, I was like, this is, he can like act. He's fun. This is this is great. But he's also just kind of playing the freaks and geeks character a little bit. Oh yeah, grown up.、Uh, what, yeah, he does that in everything. Yeah, a James Dean movie. <laughs> For sure, just squinting and giggling. Yeah, yeah that's because he was high. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I think I think he did like a good job in the movie, in this movie as that character. But yeah, it's it's a lot to get over. It's a lot to get past. Yeah.、Um, But let's get over it and pass it, so we can talk about the rest of the movie. Sure. Well, actually,、yeah. like the thing is, is that he want his high school girlfriend wants him to meet her parents, Ed Begley Jr. Yeah, and Nora、Sweet. Dunn. Yeah. And he doesn't want to for some reason,、mm-hmm. but eventually agrees to it.、Mm-hmm. And then he decides that he needs to go get weed.、Mm-hmm. This part I understand. <laughs> Back to the part that I'm familiar and comfortable right. with. Yeah, you're like, okay, okay, I can, I can relax now. So he drops in on his guy, James, James Franco. Franco. Yeah, and James Franco. It's just they, they really do a great job at exploring this phenomenon. Where it's probably it's not、Phenomenon. really in existence anymore,、mm-hmm. at least here in Ontario. But it's where you had to pretend to be friends with your guy <laughs> because you need weed, and he's the guy that you get weed from. But like, ah,、oh, you don't want to hang out with him. But he like、oh, he、no. wants you to hang out, man. Did you did you have that experience in your life? I've had that experience so many times. Oh God. And like sometimes, so, so it's a real thing where you're like, "Oh, I want you to like smoke with me." Th- yeah, they'll be like, "Yo, you want to smoke this?" And what are you going to say no to free weed? Hypothetically,、oh, see, I, I would say it, no. I thought it was the other way around, where they like you give they give you the weed, you give them the money, and they're like, "Hey, let's smoke your weed that I just sold you." No, I'm、oh, not sharing、okay. my weed with a guy who <laughs> sold me weed. I was like, "That's smart," because then they get high for free. Yeah, but that's not true. They, you're that's very that's kind of nice. They're just giving weed for free, though, right? Well, I think that's how drug dealing works: is you give some for free, and then 
you get them hooked. Right. Okay. I've seen the wire. I I know what's up. Okay. We did all those uh, elaborate drops. <laughs> no, we didn't. But yeah, they, it's true. I mean, they did like sometimes they would want to like hang out or like do things like you know like Nate wherever you are if you're listening someday we'll have that paintball game. <laughs> Wait, your your dealer wanted to play paintball with you? That seems like pretty like violent for a weed dealer. Like trying it's to, a like, weed dealer. What else is he gonna like? That's what else do they do? I don't know. Go to like amusement parks. Is that is that dumb? You know what? To each their own. <laughs> it sounds fun. You know, if he yeah. suggested that, maybe we would have done it. Yeah. But anyway, so Seth Rogen goes and uh, visits James Franco, and he's not having any of the weed friendship sort of you know yeah. thing. But he does agree to smoke the cross. the cross joint. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty fun. Yeah, because you know. If there's like a ridiculous marijuana smoking device, you basically have to try it. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. the law, though it's actually illegal. But <laughs> there's some kind of law, I'm, I'm sure. Right. The unstated law. You have to stay there and smoke out of like the curly Q bong or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But sort of steading off the sort of plot of the movie is mm-hmm. that he sort of mentions that his, the next guy he's got to serve is this guy, Toby Jones. Is that the guy, or is that that's the guy who played Truman Capote? That's exactly the guy that played Truman Capote. Toby Jones comes in. Ted Jones. I, w- I would like to buy some weed. <laughs> <laughs> Truman Capote got so fucking high. Yeah, for sure. Have you got read an opium Cold or something? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's a and he has like a particular strain of weed that's Pineapple Express that he only he has and he only sold to to uh, yeah Seth Rogen. Yeah, and he tells him all that mm-hmm. and turns out to be true. Right. <laughs> But so he goes and is ready to like serve his this guy, Ted Jones, and while he's sitting out there getting high, smoking mm-hmm. this wonderful Pineapple Express, which is everything that is advertised, he witnesses- the, This is like someone watching a cooking show, but his, for you. <laughs> his buzz okay. is killed in the most bogus way. I think in the, in the, in the trailer it said, one hit can ruin your day. Yeah. Yeah. Because he sees somebody get murdered. Yeah, which is the hit. Yeah. Oh. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> right? Insert Seth Rogen laugh here. <laughs> I, f- I think I figured out his laugh. His laugh is kind of left over from coughing on the weed. It's like a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... Can it. you imagine, like, he can't even laugh unless he's coughing on weed? <laughs> Jesus. That's bleak. That's that's our high thought for this podcast. See, this is the thing. A lot of people, I think, judge Seth Rogen for being high all the fucking time, but he right. needs it just to feel something. Just to enjoy life. Just to chuckle <laughs> his way through the darkness. So, yeah, so this, this Toby Jones guy comes up behind him, kills him in cold blood. Yeah, he, like, shoots this guy who is an Asian gangster. Mm-hmm. That's what they call him throughout the whole movie. Yeah, which is also, like, problematic. Yeah. I think they're trying to be ironic, but... Uh, no, it just comes off yeah, as racist. Yeah. Yeah. But so he freaks out and, like, drops the joint there mm-hmm. and runs back to James Franco's place. But quickly they sort of... This is the most unbelievable part of the plot for me because Seth Rogen, high as a kite, figures out how he can be placed at the scene of the crime that they saw him take off and that they can trace him back to to his head, like to the place that he's staying at. It's the strain. <laughs> Pineapple Express. Makes you smarter, man. Makes you faster. <laughs> Not no pot does that. No, but that's the that's how they that's how he knows that he's gonna like get caught. Yeah, because... but like he's so high he sh- he shouldn't even figure it out. Is my, like, that's that's the unbelievable part in this movie, because I wouldn't have figured it out 
if I was stone cold sober. No, but he's not. See, he's not being rational. He's being paranoid. Oh, it just happens okay. that like that actually does like the part where Ted Jones comes down, you know, takes the roach and yeah. like takes a drag and is like pineapple express. <laughs> That part's unrealistic because, you know, it could also taste a lot like a lot of other strains, you know, yeah, because they're sure. all grown off different things. So Pineapple Express would be a combination of pineapple and express. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. you know, I don't know. There's room for air. I don't believe that. Maybe he's a connoisseur. I can't always tell the difference. Well, anyway, that, to, to suffice to say, that kicks off the entire plot of the movie and the movie kind of kicks into high gear after this. Yeah. After this. Break. I want to go get high again. Okay. Damn it, Rob. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. <coughs> we're back. Jesus Christ. It's rewatchability. It's, uh... Wow, we're in such a small room, too. Pineapple Express. Rob. Uh... It's normally hot in here, but now it's especially... Hot. You ever think that, like, no, I think... no, I don't either, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about Pineapple Express. Yeah, we're sort of at the point where Seth Rogen has witnessed the murder, and he thinks that the gangsters are going to be after him. So he goes back to James Franco, who then takes him to uh, to McBride, Danny McBride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they get there. Yeah, but they 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 assume that they're going to like go to James Franco's place because he's the only guy with that weed. Yeah. And so so they have to go on the run, basically. Right, right, right. Before Danny McBride, they kind of go to the woods because they can't figure out where else to go, and they kind of get high again. Yeah, uh, naturally. You're in the woods. What, what I love about the plot of this movie is just that, like, at every turn when they're supposed to be, like, sober and coming down and, like, figuring out how to, like, save their, their own hides, they just get high again because they're like, this is too stressful. We got to yeah. take this they down They need to medicate. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, yeah, they, they smash their phones. Well, would it, it would be worse, though, if they didn't get high and then got grumpy. <laughs> if got, like, they like, started like, and... arguing, you yeah. know, and be like, ah. Not a fun movie. No. No, no. not a comedy You wouldn't want to watch that. No. No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I should have never doubted you. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, they eventually go see Red, and he, like, tells them that, like, he would never... He would never, you know, betray them. But he already has. They're talking on the phone and like in the background is Craig Robinson and the other guy. Uh, Professor Professorson. Professor Professorson. Yeah. Yeah. He was great in Community. He's great in everything. Yeah, he's really good. He's one of those like character actors who whenever he pops up in something, I think he was in like a whole bunch of Lost. Kevin Corrigan's his name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he in Deadwood? Probably. He's Uh, awesome. Deadwood's (laughs) awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, he's he's fun in this movie. He's he's good. Yeah, and I like their relationship too. Like the two bad guys. Yeah, it's kind of like they've been working together so long. It's kind of this unofficial marriage, and yeah, yeah, I kind of buy it. It's Craig funny. Robinson's great. Did mm-hmm. I ever tell you about the time I didn't open a door for him? <laughs> That's just mean. I was working at a concert venue, okay. and he came to the wrong door a, a with nameless his concert, nameless yeah. concert venue yeah. with his big-ass keyboard. Because he plays keyboard, if you've seen The Office, he plays the piano and sings little songs. Oh, wow. And he was performing it just for laughs, and he was like, yo, can I get in here? And I was like, no, you have to go around to the stage door. And then he was like, come on. And he like held up his keyboard like it was heavy, and yeah. I was like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think and then what, he shot me. <laughs> what people tune into rewatchability for is is just to get a taste of what celebrities are really like. You know, just we've had so many run-ins with so many famous people. That's so funny. You, it's, it's such a such you spent so much time with him. But that's you know, very, that's very, that's one great thing that story. I liked about him, he's that so, went so many places. He carries his own keyboard. He doesn't have like a guy for that. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, he's a working actor, musician, whatever he is, comedian. Yeah, he does a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So they finally do go to Danny McBride's. Yeah. And he's betrayed them already, but they don't know that. And Danny McBride is kind of suspicious of Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen is suspicious of him. And they, like, have this all-out fight. Because you're not supposed to bring somebody, like, new to your drug deal. Oh, you got to be like... you got to be cool about it. you got to send them a Facebook invite first. (laughs) Exactly. You have to be Facebook friends first. You have to... See who you have have in common. The friend request. Yeah. It's a big, long thing. That's why no one does it. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfectly acceptable. Just no one does it. That's why they need to legalize us so we can finally smoke weed. Because we haven't been. <laughs> That's a blatant lie. And everyone knows it now. Everyone knows it. But they, like, go fucking ape shit on Danny McBride eventually. They like... This is, like, one of the things that I forgot about this movie was how violent it was and how, like, Danny McBride, they he gets into the bathroom and starts trying to call someone, but the phone has been in the toilet. And uh, uh, Seth Rogen and James Franco just, like, pound on the door, and they put his head through the sink. Yeah. When they go, and it, it's, it looks so violent and awful but these guys survive all these like cartoonish hits yeah and it's it becomes almost funny just because it's so egregious it's kind of funny but like yeah. you, i like honestly thought that he's his character had died in i that know scene. he would have broken his neck yeah it was it was uh and then like they had when they had him, like, relaxed taped when up you're... with the uh <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like the bad like mm-hmm. i don't know what that the is duct tape. structure uh, yeah scaffolding right, <laughs> right. duct tape scaffolding <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and then when they like later, when they after he gets shot by the two guys, yeah. When he's like, when when you think he's really dead, Mm -hmm. really, really dead, 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 he like they come back and he's like in the bathroom by the toilet with like a bowl of spaghetti, (laughs) just trying to be comfortable while he passes away. (laughs) Yeah, just eating leftovers. It's awful. What an awful death. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Some of the scenes in this movie are like mind-blowing in their artistry. <laughs> I think mind-blowing is a little melodramatic for what they are. My like, th- my favorite image is, I think it's when James Franco and Seth Rogen, they've had like their like rom-com breakup scene, mm-hmm. and then they're having their like crying montage. And- Our whole rundown is just falling apart. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just gone. That's what happens. But That's there's this like, get high? 
James Franco's crying at the pool, and there's just like this little girl watching through the fence. <laughs> oh yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, and it's just so sweet. <laughs> there are, and, and that's kind of what I came to appreciate with this movie now is that there are so many just genuinely sweet moments in this movie, like between James Franco and Seth Rogen. Yeah, and even Danny McBride, who was supposed to die when he was duct taped, and the guys and the bad guys shot him, but they kept on bringing him back because he was just so funny. Yeah, and they wanted him in those scenes, which happened in Breaking Bad too with Aaron Paul. He was so good that they kept him around. Oh, yeah, yeah. but they, they didn't like kill him off in the first season. No, they didn't kill him off. No, but like they kept him around. <laughs> oh, you're so still great. alive after that gunshot to the face. <laughs> uh, I thought those were usually fatal. <laughs> Who's your doctor? <laughs> but yeah, so they they do leave the scene of the crime after they beat up Danny McBride. Danny McBride is shot, and kind of they. Hunkered down from here, they go to the girlfriend's house. Yeah, that's right. And he's like totally forgotten about the dinner, and it is the night of the dinner, mm-hmm. and they've all been waiting. And uh, fucking, what's his name? Ed Begley Jr. Ed Begley Jr. is like, I, I'm ready to eat. I'm not waiting another second. <laughs> He's so I, good. I, 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 love, I, I could be on Sea Shepherd right now. I love those parents so much. There's a point where, like, when Seth Rogen comes in and sit, sits down, Ed Begley is like, are you high? And he's like, no, 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 I'm not high. And the mother just goes, you're high as a fucking kite. Like, she just <laughs> loses it on him out of nowhere. And it's, I laughed so hard. Yeah. Uh, it was, there's so many great little uh, little jokes and character moments in this, in this uh, movie. I love how Seth Rogen is like, Yes, I'm here because this is the dinner that I was supposed to be at. <laughs> yeah, it's just so not acting well, just like such a Seth Rogen move. But then, like, and then, like, he convinces like his girlfriend to go hide out in a hotel under right. the name Garagely because they're in the garage at the time where he tells her to do that. Some of it devolves into like stupid stoner comedy instead of like funny stoner comedy at some points. Yeah, you know? and like, like that stuff. I don't know if it makes it worse that now he's like brought his under well his high school girlfriend into life-threatening danger yeah but like maybe that is a great time to like you know break i guess they do break up or like they have like a oh i don't know that's 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 probably my favorite scene of this movie is when he goes to phone her and is like i love you i'm sorry like don't break up with me and she's like i love you too and he's like just this when i almost died because he has to escape like a cop that has and uh he's like i almost died and that like makes you redefine your life and and i don't want you in it and she's like let's get married and he goes okay i made a big mistake and i i just love the reversal of that scene because it it does really lampoon a lot of these types of movies and then and the normal kind of beats that these types of movies have yeah and it makes them like a little bit more real especially that scene where he's like oh, okay i went way overboard <laughs> sorry about that yeah but yeah. it also like shows how shitty their like relationship is yeah or, like how like it's such a weird thing because of the high school thing well and i think that w- that maybe <laughs> not like i'm trying to defend it but uh but that maybe was a character thing for seth rogan that he was so stunted in his like development as a human being that like he was still in high school mentally himself but i it was oh. just but it's just done so badly He's still and so in the wrong. halls with Lindsay weir <laughs> so, yeah so but it's just it's just horrible but yeah. anyway this all kind of leads to like a huge shootout yeah cool because they like kidnap james franco and bring him to like the lair and then seth rogan and danny mcbride decide that they're gonna go and rescue him mm-hmm. and uh then danny mcbride chickens out yeah 
But uh, so he sort of like goes in. This is like where it becomes like a fucking action movie. Like oh, we have yeah. Seth Rogen like leaping off things. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, according to his Twitter thing, he did all of his own stunts. Uh, yeah, I think he said 99% of them. I think that might have been the one. Per- no, he was on like a wire. It yeah, was pretty funny was, though. Yeah, but I mean like he still did it. Yeah, it looks kind of like a John Woo film. I wonder who like last. I wonder who Seth Rogen's like stunt double is and what he like really looks like, you know, <laughs> when you don't see him like from behind I, or like with an explosion in front of us. I love that there's like one stunt double out there that just gets to eat cheeseburgers and like <laughs> all the other stunt doubles are like really upset about it. it They're it like, I be. have to look like Arnie. Like why are you why you get to look like Seth Rogen? God damn it. It could be like a guy in like a in like a suit or like a prosthetic <laughs> Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the prosthetic stubble. Like the sympathy pregnant suit or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. could be the suit from knocked up. <laughs> Yeah. I just had this lying around. <laughs> so yeah, and and this is kind of where the movie Jonah dra- has to wear it when he loses weight between movies <laughs> and they do reshoots. <laughs> Probably, huh? Poor Jonah Hill. But this is kind of where the movie lost me a little bit in the action scene at the end. Really? Not it was violent, but it's not wasn't as violent as I remember right. it being. Because you're a pacifist. Because I well, I'm more desensitized now, I guess. But it was it just kind of dragged on. Like this is a long m- comedy. It is like two hours long. Yeah. Comedies are usually like a half hour shorter than this. Yeah. And it's also just kind of like stupid. Like the Asians attack, including. Yeah. Ken Jeong. Yeah. And Bobby. uh, What's his name from Mad TV? Yeah. He's very funny, too. But they don't get like a lot of screen time. So no, don't don't look up for him too much. Oh, God. And they have that like awful thing where Ken Jeong like talks in Korean and then the subtitles are like, I need to pee. It's just I don't know. It's so stupid. It's funny, but kind of stupid. Yeah. Kind of dumb. I know. Yeah. A little racist. I mean, just like the whole like, yeah, like the whole the whole element is is bad. Yeah, because they have no characters. They go in, they shoot things up, and then they die. They have like over the top accents. They, it's yeah, yeah, and like it's possible that they could be like playing with action movie tropes, but definitely it doesn't like read it. It doesn't read that way. Well, I I think it would have needed to be bigger if they were playing with action movie tropes. You know, but like fuck, it's violent, man. Like yeah, Craig Robinson gets like hit by a car while he's in like. A tunnel. Someone shoots his foot off after he's dead. Seth Rogen gets like a chunk of his ear shot off. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of funny when he's trying to put it back on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's gross, but funny. Just hold it there. <laughs> yeah. You think it'll heal back if I just hold one? No, no. Uh, I don't. Um, but I, I think a lot of the shootout and stuff was just like, I don't know, them just being like, guns are cool. Let's shoot. Yeah. And it, it wasn't, it didn't have like the comedy that I thought, it didn't lampoon that area of the movie it was lampooning as much as I thought it should. Yeah. I kind of liked that they were like, they'd shoot something and run out of bullets and then like look around and be like, oh, cool, another gun. Like pick it up. Like that was kind of making fun of the action movie, but at the same time, they kind of fell into it as well. Did you shoot that guy? Yeah, bullets. Me too. He was ricochet. Gravity. Oh, nice. You go down. Alfaba. Oh, it's my back. I'll go down and take care of this. You know who we haven't talked about, but who is fucking awesome? 
Rosie Perez. Damn straight. She, she was, was so funny. She was so good. <laughs> yeah, she's so funny. And I read on the trivia that, like, she asked Judd Apatow to take out, like, half her line so that she'd be, like, more intimidating. Oh, really? Yeah. No, she's and so it, like, funny. And it, like, works. And, like, that fight scene... Yeah. Wait, I can't remember. Did she fight Seth Rogen or James Franco? <laughs> they're like interchangeable at this point. I uh, stoned. Uh, they're, uh, she fights James Franco. And it is fucking like intense. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's like, it's brutal. Yeah, and I like that Dave Gordon Green like kept in some like moments that were obviously not part of the movie, but where actors still kept in character, but did things that you know wouldn't be done in an action movie. Like Rosie Perez at one point, like and uh, the I don't know what's the guy's name acting opposite her, uh, Gary Cole. And Gary Cole, they finish a scene, Man. and uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, and um, Can you imagine if Gary Coleman was in this man <laughs> uh, with with Toby Jones. It's just <laughs> anyway, and they have this kind of like little bit after the scene where he's like, you know, like speaking a different language to me or whatever, and she and she starts hitting him, and like they kind of become playful. Yeah. And it's it's this weird thing that like I totally think that was the actors doing it, but it let us it let us know that they had an actual relationship. So in the end, when he like kissed her and all that stuff, you're like, oh, they also have a relationship that wasn't yeah. like forefronted too much. I liked that. It's true. Like that stuff adds a lot of dimension very mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I liked that there was like a lot of surprises in the movie, like when they're like, "Kick the window out, kick the window out." Oh and yeah, and, and the car chase gets stuck, and the foot gets stuck. It's that's very funny. Oh, um, and the scene where like he gets arrested by like the school liaison officer. Oh yeah, yeah, she's and, great, and she's, she's almost like she's gonna take down the whole fucking system <laughs> right. until like James Franco slushies her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then the like the the craziest thing is after like this whole battle where like. Four people die and everything explodes and like, you know, oh, and they're like going through like the all like this fucking like this sweet, like fucking thick grow up, you know, with like all like the, these big colas, Kush, like the dankest Kush you ever saw. This is like me watching Anthony Bourdain or something. <laughs> but like, I gotta uh, have it. there's like an explosion. Uh. It all blows up. There's fire. And then they like go to a diner for like. Five minutes. Oh, and they talk. For, and But that's kind of where the beginning scene comes back, where he, he talks and talks to the radio, and you're like, oh, maybe he actually got, like, a nice job where he's talking on the radio, and he's a radio host or something like that. Oh, yeah, they, like, play with you. Yeah, and then he's just in the diner, like, bullshitting around with his two friends. Yeah. I like that, too, because it's like, no, this guy is not going to change at all. No. He's going to stay the same. Yeah. Which was kind of funny and a very sitcom ending uh, to the to the movie. Did you Did you think that, like... The the kind of weird violence, the somewhat racism, and the awful underageness kind of took away from your enjoyment of the movie watching it this time. Like, where does it where does it fall for you on on that scale? And I like so I I watched it in like a few installments. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay. At first, like, I found it really hard to watch yeah. after the high school girlfriend thing. Mm-hmm. Just because it seemed like really like oblivious and I don't know, like I stupid. Yeah, but also like I, you know, like I kind of enjoyed this movie, Mm. and I, I don't want to say that I identify with it, but like it's like weird and gross. (laughs) Well, you can't can't say that now. Now I can't say it at all. (laughs) No, Um, I will never smoke Pineapple Express again. (laughs) Boycotting that strain. We we should also say that this movie like launched that song of the summer 
Because that's that's song- was that the song of the summer? Yeah, the Paper Planes. M I A. Oh, I thought you were talking about Pineapple Express by Huey Lewis and the News. Because <laughs> no. they got Huey Lewis and the fucking News. I mean, that's pretty great to do an '80s style fucking song for Pineapple Express. That is crazy. I know. And now tell me about this missing in action person <laughs> and these planes. Um, it's weird because I didn't know about the Huey Lewis in the News song because I, I I don't. He did those songs for Back to the Future. I know, I know that, uh, but I didn't really realize that on this movie Hip that he to did be that. Square. But I I do because the a leaked trailer had MIA Paper Planes oh. in it, and the the song wasn't in the movie, but it that tr- that one trailer launched that song oh. to the height of the Billboard. And I remember it being everywhere that summer. It was it was way overplayed. Well, this movie was fucking huge. Like it made a hundred million dollars, which is absurd for a comedy. Yeah. Well, it also had a twenty five million dollar budget, so it, it made yeah. its money back and more. Because yeah. they assumed it wasn't going to make any money because of the uh, weed thing. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, were like, stoner we don't know don't if make... anybody smokes this weed. Yeah. It is illegal. Right. Perhaps some people have tried it accidentally. Yeah. Meanwhile, all the producers are just doing cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think weed's good. I don't think weed's good. Uh, let's do Star- Scarface too. Okay. Come on. Let's do it. Uh, anyway. White Lightning Express. <laughs> White Lightning Express. Uh, so yeah. So I mean, I think it, it didn't do well in terms of like criticism though. A lot of critics panned it. It had like 63 on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, I and... think Roger Ebert liked it. Oh yeah. Well enough. And also I think like, even if people, I think, didn't like the movie, they sort of still, like, respected what it was trying to do because... <laughs> wait, wait, what was it trying to do? Well, like, what you know... stoner comedy? Sort of really blending, like, the action movie, the oh, rom-com, yeah. the stoner comedy into, and, like, one sort of thing and doing and it taking in the piss out of the action. sort of way. Yeah. And, like, even, like, people were talking about, like, the action sequences and the cinematography of the action sequences are, like, impeccable. Yeah, well, I think that that speaks to the cinematographer and the director of this movie, who like was doing a stoner comedy for the first time, right? Yeah, I think he wanted to make it look good. Yeah, well, it's, it's given like a lot more care than yeah. you know they would in a Jason Chong movie, for example. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think like the uh, there is some really great just uh, pictures in this movie, like when Danny McBride leaves Seth Rogen in the field and the yeah. barns behind him, and he just has this gun and he's so lonely. It's there's some like really great like just images. Screen, yeah, images in this movie yeah. that I think they did well with too. So e- I guess even if you didn't like the stoner comedy aspect of this movie, you can't say that it wasn't like a pretty movie at times. Yeah. So Blaine, did you think that this was rewatchable? Yeah, I'm on the fence just because there's so many things they did that I was like, just why would you do that? It was 2008. Why? why? Ten years ago. I know. This is like the newest, like most recent movie we've ever done on rewatchability. This is the least amount of time that has passed between... I know, but it still seems so dated because of what they like, what what's in it. I, I feel like... But I, I feel like they would have done that like two years ago, but not one year ago. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, maybe. It just, it bothers me so much uh, and it's it's hard to look past, but I think that... And let's not forget the scene where they sell marijuana to children. That was a pretty funny scene, actually. Yeah, it was a great scene. <laughs> yeah. Those um, kids were cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
So I, uh, I think that it's, it's a lot of it's rewatchable. It made me like Seth Rogen a lot more. I thought I totally forgot about all the kind of sweet. You jazz to ride the subway now? Yeah, I want to ride that subway. Uh, <laughs> nah, I, no, I haven't ro- ro- ridden the subway in years. I haven't done it. Just... Well, 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 you elitist limousine liberal. <laughs> no, it's my bike. I ride on my bike. Anyway, so I think Seth Rogen is great in this, and James Franco is actually good, and I don't, I'm not particularly a big fan of his. And all the bit parts, like Amber Heard's parents, Amber Heard, like all those, I think the casting was really impeccable in this. But they had Ken Jeong, they didn't use him. Yeah. But he wasn't like a thing yet, which is, to be fair. Wasn't, yeah, wasn't he in the the, uh, Bachelor Party movie? Yeah, but I don't think he was like a known character, like a known person at the time. Right, yeah. Like community hadn't happened yet. Yeah, sure, sure. Fair enough. But, Yeah. But so I'd say like it's it's kind of like on the fence for me. Like I don't think I'll watch it again anytime soon. But I did enjoy rewatching it, even though I cringed at a lot of parts in it. What about you, Rob? Sorry, what's the question? <laughs> you can't keep on using that excuse. <laughs> I do you think it's rewatchable? You know, I I found it really hard to get through, and I sort of forced Is myself. Is it because you kept on like getting food? Uh, falling guess- asleep. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I just, like, also forgot large swaths of this movie for right, some reason. Right, so you had to, like, go back and rewind. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it sort of persisted, like, yeah. and I found myself laughing, you know, at things that I wouldn't uh, want to laugh at and also just laughing. It was kind of funny. And, right. uh, you know, like, I think it's sort of an enjoyable movie. I don't know if, like, the action sequences pay off as well as, like, they could... Because they do just feel like – it feels like just a lot of noise happening all at once in a sort of disconnected sort of way. Definitely, especially when there's like three levels of action that were happening in the last action scene. It was it was like, oh, now we're going here to see this person punch and this person shoot and yeah. Yeah. Discombobulated. And like I, I can't even imagine Seth Rogen doing that much action in general. <laughs> right. Because he must have really like worked out for months to be able to like – yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of training. Like yeah. you have to do that. That's what he did over for the and over again. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, but I think it's kind of rewatchable, but also kind of not rewatchable. All right, we're both in the fence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's rewatchability for this week. You can find us on Apple Podcasts where you can rate us and subscribe. We'll send you a new episode every Wednesday, and follow us on Facebook, like us on Twitter. Don't forget to come out to our Cable Guy screening. Mm-hmm. I'll be there. Blaine will be there. Jam will be there. Mm-hmm. We might have a guest. There'll be prizes. We'll watch the movie. <laughs> and then we'll have fun, yeah. is what you're saying. We can get high after. Sure, yeah. Rob will get high with anyone that wants to. During. <laughs> I mean, it's Cable Guy. It might, <laughs> might help. Also, you can donate on Patreon if you want to get our episodes early and if you want those sweet bonus episodes. And every month. Yeah. Every single month. And there's going to be a new one coming down the pipeline soon, probably. <laughs> I mean, we have to. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we've said we were We're gonna... committed. And as long as I don't smoke too much weed and forget again, then... <laughs> <laughs> but you'll edit this podcast, though, right? Uh... You'll, you'll put it up on time. Uh, yeah, I, p- I always put them up. I put up the one about Never Ending Story, right? <laughs> what? Rob. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.